0: are listening to the grace of bel-air sermon podcast grace exists to help people discover a life of purpose in jesus christ through discipleship and serving one another for additional information you can visit us online at www.graceofbelair.com and now we invite you to enjoy this week's sermon to share with you today from God's Word uh, in Joshua 24. Uh, we've, been, we've been in the book of Joshua in a series called Spiritual Confidence in the New Normal, and um, it has been so good to see faith rise, to take steps of faith for God in this new normal, um, when so many said it couldn't be done. Uh, when the enemy of our souls of the church, who, who is there to defeat us and to defeat uh, the church of Jesus Christ, when he thought he was having a heyday, how many know that God is in control, praise God? And we're grateful, so today I was just doing a quick count, and what I know since we opened our doors again last October, even though we had met, we never really stopped meeting as a church. Uh, a year ago in the summer, we met, how many, how many were part of the church at that time? We met outside from the middle of May to the middle of October, and the Lord added to His church. We thank God for it, and, but I was uh, just doing a quick count today of those that I can think of, and there's somewhere between 50 and 60 people that have been added to the church during the pandemic. Can you say Amen. Amen. We praise God for it. Now oh, I recognize, as a pastor, that some have been highly impacted by this, or those who cannot come, and then there are others. Then there are others that are, we've heard the term uh, "COVID long-termers." I have I have observed as a pastor, there are some that are spiritual COVID long-termers. That something settled in their heart, and the church is no longer important, and there's a choice to be made on Sunday mornings, but that choice is not for the house of God. And I grieve as a pastor. I grieve. And yet the Lord has said very, very clearly, uh, press on, do what's right. And, and uh, you, we just thank God for you, for your giving, your faithfulness, your service, all of that. It makes all the difference of the world. So I want to preach to you today. I want to share my heart. This last message from the book of Joshua the privilege of serving the Lord. The privilege of serving the Lord. Paul said, Count it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials. It's the privilege of serving the Lord. All of us have choices in life to make, it's uh, often a daily choice. What What demand are we going to serve today? But Jesus said, we can't serve two masters. We either serve ourselves or we serve the Lord. Yesterday at Bel Air Assembly of God, and there were 17 people there on a Saturday morning, because someone said amen. Amen. Yes, yes. I, it, was, it, it was great. I, there's muscles I forgot I had. Um, and they're not happy muscles. They're like, oh, groaning. It's like, give me some ibuprofen uh, muscles. Um, so Matt Perry, and Matt is here today with his wife and uh, daughters. And his daughter Hannah was singing uh, in, in the, um, on the worship team this morning. Matt is an engineer and a board member. And uh, we thank the Lord for you, Matt, for your family. Um, just what a great blessing. So anyway... Uh, Matt was, I mean, he was doing stuff I don't think they have you do at APG, is that right? Cutting uh, itchy fiberglass insulation uh, inside, and he and then Rich Hogue, they were uh, they were like pounding and beating with, a—I guess, a two-pound sledgehammer, a chisel, these tile that were on the floor. And I noticed Rich, and he said, man, hes I can hardly straighten out. And I said, does that mean that you know, the only way you can be comfortable is bent over anymore. And so, but Matt was, uh, and he was there working with him. And Matt, you said something that caught my attention. You said, you know, I did a lot of this stuff in college as I was working my way towards my engineering degree. And it was hard work. It was manual work. And studying was, you know, that was hard. But he said, the day I... The first day of my engineering internship, I said to myself, Matt, you made the right choice. (laughs) Thank you, Matt, for volunteering, though, yeah. You made the right choice, and life is a series of choices, but you and I have the wonderful, the wonderful privilege to, to say that we serve the Lord, and I want to talk with you about this today. Joshua chapter 24, Pastor Bobby spoke last week about a defining moment where Joshua recognized that his days were, would draw to a close. And he gathered all the leaders of Israel together. And he recounted to them how the Lord had delivered them. And their forefathers had served these foreign gods and they had forsaken the Lord, but the Lord had delivered them. And he went on and he said this great word. He said, "Uh, choose you this day who you will serve. But as for me and my house, I will serve the Lord. Now how many love that statement? As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I don't care what other people do. How about you? I don't care about the majority opinion, the majority ideology. And by the way, congratulations to the Braves, the Braves and the Astros, the Braves, the Atlanta Braves. The World Series is going back to Atlanta. And you say, what are you talking about, Pastor Paul? Well, Major League Baseball caved in to the cancel culture and took the all-star game away from Atlanta. But guess what? They can't deny the championship being held there. Is there an amen or ouch or something in the house? Praise God. All right. So, anyway, that's aside. So, Joshua said, As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That word serve, serving servant, is mentioned 14 times from verse 14 to 21, almost once per verse. It's an amazing amazing amount in Scripture to mention that one word that often in just those few short verses. Life is a series of choices. If you don't believe that, look at your monthly visa statement and see where your money's going. Look at your calendar and see how uh, you spend your time and all of those things. The Bible tells us, though, that God has delivered us from an imposed servitude to a service of thanksgiving and appreciation, and this is what it means to serve the Lord. The first is that when we serve the Lord, we have a great inheritance in Jesus Christ. Verse 28, Joshua said, it was said, Then Joshua dismissed the people, each to his inheritance. After they said, We will serve the Lord with you. We will obey. Then he sent them away to their inheritance. The inheritance that they had was not what their forefathers had given to them, but what God had apportioned to each of the tribes in the promised land, in the the land of the nation of Israel. This was the place that God had said he chose to dwell, and he had a people that would possess that land, and they would live out and enjoy the inheritance of the Lord. Today, our inheritance is Jesus Christ. Can someone say amen? Today, that's our inheritance is Jesus Christ. Let's go to Colossians 2, or 3, verses 23 and 24. Do I need a hand, would a handheld mic help, guys? Would that help? I don't, okay. All right, let's see. So Paul said, whatever you do, do your work heartily as for the Lord rather than for men. Knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance. It is the Lord Christ whom you serve. So We have an inheritance today when we serve the Lord. Paul wrote that we have been transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of His marvelous light. There's a trans... There's Our citizenship now is in the kingdom of God. Under His governance. Can someone say, thank you, Lord? That we live under... I don't know what's happening. I'm going to take my coat off. Maybe that'll. Chris, will you take this? That must be it. I didn't know it was that powerful. Right. But we live under his governance. That's not it. All the promises of God find their yes. Something's not right here guys. I'm going to, just give me a hand help. We're going to go that way with it. Thank you Chris. Right over there on the the edge. Thank you. Now some people say, see the Lord doesn't want you to preach. We can go home early. (laughs) You're talking to the wrong guy. Sorry. Thanks <laughs> more than that to make me stop. <laughs> if this thing pops, something's. I often wondered what Jesus did without microphones and PowerPoints. I, I I thought, how great a much greater ministry could he have had if he didn't have to, if he had microphones and PowerPoints? How many hear what I'm saying? That's tongue in cheek. But Paul wrote that all of the promises of God find their yes and amen in Christ Jesus. Can you say praise God? All of them. In fact, he said that eye is not seen and ear is not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those that love him. Praise God. So all the blessings, all the blessings that you have. There was a song at one time, that we grew up in church singing, count your blessings, name them one by one. How many really remember that, by the way? Yes, count your blessings. That's still a great theme. Count your blessings, name them one by one. And I'm going to ask you right now just to mentally think of some blessings that you have in Jesus Christ. But as you think of them, just know this, that no matter how many blessings that we thank God for, His Word says that He has blessings, In Jesus Christ is our inheritance that we are just scratching the surface. Everything that we've experienced, everything that we can observe and read and praise God for only scratches the surface. There are more things that haven't even entered into our heart and into our mind that God has prepared for you and me, praise God. We have a great inheritance inheritance in Jesus Christ. I was as I was prepping and praying and I came across this verse. This almost blew me away. First Kings chapter 8, 53, said, Oh God, you have singled your people out from all the peoples of the earth as your inheritance. Can you think of that with me for a moment? That you and I and the body of Christ are the inheritance of God that God looks forward to seeing one day in heaven. Can you imagine that scene? I am so looking forward when I hear these words of Jesus enter well done thou good and faithful servant when we finally get to heaven and we see Jesus and I I just wanna run towards him how about you I just wanna I wanna embrace the Lord but can you imagine God is waiting to embrace us because his inheritance you and I We are now in the presence of the Lord forever and ever and ever. We have a great inheritance in Jesus Christ. Because of that inheritance, God's Word says that He calls us the plantings of the Lord, oaks of righteousness. We're His vineyard that He tends for. He cares. We're His sheep that He watches over. And so in Psalm, the the king wrote, in Psalm 16, 5 and 6, he said, the Lord is my portion. The Lord is my portion and the lines have fallen for me in a goodly place. Amen. Amen. Praise God. The second thing I want to share with you about the privilege of serving the Lord Serve him in sincerity and faithfulness. And Joshua said these words. Said, No, now therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and truth. That word truth, it means faithfulness. And put away the gods which your fathers served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. You see, friends, sincerity is direction. That's what sincerity is. We're sincere about we're we're sincere. That's direction, but faithfulness is power. I had a I had a friend, a minister friend that that uh, and Bud Elder. He had a great testimony. Boy, he was he was rough. You remember Bud and Sharon, dear friends. I loved his heart. He actually preached at Grace when we met in the high school for six and a half years before we were able to purchase this property and build and uh, he was an ex-marine rough, he would worked in the oil fields, he was a professional gambler, <laughs> he was a lot of things that he wasn't real proud of and the Lord saved him and called him to the ministry. He had a real ministry of healing but he was, uh, he was really rough around the edges and he uh, I guess you'd say he had a prophetic mindset, uh, everything was black and white and uh, he, he really needed to grow in people skills, that's what I can remember about, about Bud and but had such a great heart for ministry and so we were out, uh, we were golfing one day and please lest anyone, uh, I just want to clarify I'm not a golfer, I don't want to be a golfer, I go for the fellowship and the food afterwards because that's the only thing I can get out of that game. You know what I'm saying. So I'll go once or twice a year, have a great time, uh, but I love best ball. Best ball is, you can be the rottenest golfer in the world and you'll probably hit one ball at least in 18 holes that they'll play, but they always play the best ball that's hit. That's how that works and so no matter how bad you are, you're you can still, I've won a holes Um, set of really good golf clubs, uh, $1,700 set of irons. It wasn't me, I can tell you that. So we were out on this charity thing for Teen Challenge or something and and Bud teed up and he he had quite a build, a small waist and just, I mean, he was, the guy was really built and and he, he, he stood there and he brought that golf club back. Like, I mean, and like he was swinging for the fences. And how many know of you golfers, that's not how you approach that game, swinging for the fences. Man, he he swung that thing so hard and he grunted like that. And we heard this click and Bud's looking, he's looking like, oh man, I hit that ball just right. Look where I, I hit it so far, I can't even see that thing. And people say, no, we can't see it either. And come to find out, he had hit it so hard that he drove it straight in the ground and he buried the <laughs> golf ball at his feet. Now listen, he was sincere, but he missed with his efforts. How many hear what I'm saying? And so, the Lord, so Joshua said, when we serve the Lord, he said, serve him with sincerity. That's direction. But serve him in faithfulness. It's the faithfulness in serving the Lord that makes all the difference in the world. Joshua said, he spoke then and he still speaks, tell your faith story, tell your faith story to your kids. Tell them what God's done. Tell them what the Lord has done so they know of the great God that we serve expose them so they can experience for themselves the Lord. God has no grandchildren dropping our kids at church or coming to church and putting them in the wonderful ministries we have no more will pass on our faith and than putting them on the school bus or dropping them off at the front door of the school and having them go in and they're there all day long but we don't insist they do their homework and we never engage and we never really check their progress. How many hear what I'm saying? Sincerity, yeah we want them to be a scholar, we want them to go to school but faithfulness, engaging with them makes all the difference in the world. Joshua went on to say, and he, he said, basically, make him Lord of all your life. Get rid of the idols and the distractions. The root word is slavery. Get rid of those things that are distractions. Guard your heart. From out of our hearts flow the issues of life. When you guard your heart, you guard your life. All of those things make a difference, and I and as a as a dad. As a leader, my heart. I said, Lord, Lord, guard over my heart because there's things that all of us can do in secret and no one knows. And we think, oh, that, that's fine. But do you how many know that life has a way of leaking out on you? How many know that? Has a way of leaking out. Guard your heart. Live it out in church. Today I'm talking with moms and dads, with kids, those that are, if you have relatives that are away from the Lord or a spouse, with your devotions and pray over your family. Pray for them and lead the way. We had four daughters, and the greatest thing that we can do is to pass on our faith Paul said entrust this to faithful people pass it on it's not always easy how many found that out it's not always easy sometimes it's discouraging because after all they're your kids and remember what you did before you came to the Lord now and I remember what I did before I really got down to business with the Lord but I'm glad that he forgives how about you I'm glad that in my inheritance Jesus Christ is not only my savior but he's the one who's forgiven me when I couldn't even forgive myself. Yes. When I was doing things that I was afraid the church people would find out when I was in college and high school can, is can Has anyone been there, done that? Come on now. Yeah, Thank you, Bonnie. Is there anyone else? All right. You know what? And I know some of you, and I know what was going on, so yes, yes. But I remember that. But I also remember Sunday nights and the altar. And I'd come up, and, and oh my goodness, hearing my dad preach, and there was always an altar call, and and the whole church would come forward at that time not because they're all bad people but because we 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 just it was the thing to be in God's presence and i would kneel down every sunday night i'd just kneel down and say oh god forgive me there i've blown it again but lord forgive me i'd have this sense of god's grace in my life and i'd have elders come by and lay their hands on me and say oh god we pray for paul we know that you have a plan for his life Lord, we appreciate Him. We appreciate what You're going to do through Him in this life. And I just prayed a prayer of forgiveness, and I'm having leaders in the church who believed in me and prayed for me. How many hear what I'm saying? And what has happened is that I have lived up to those expectations because there were people who were faithfully served the Lord, praise His name. It makes all the difference in the world. Expose our children so that they can experience the Lord themselves. I, I always watch with um, great appreciation as I watch that our children come, and, and as you, as parents, you entrust them to the church. At the Welcome to Grace luncheon last week, I said, I, We thank you. And that, I understand that's a defining moment. We want that to be a defining moment. When you say we're going to come to grace, this is going—we're going to put down spiritual roots. We want to come alongside you. We want to lead. We want to have ministries. And so I watch from the nursery, and then I watch from the preschool, then I watch in the kids' class, and then they get the middle school, and then they go into the youth group. And I watch the transformation of what God has done in so many lives. Makes all the difference. This past year, some of the things I've noticed there was a uh, just one of the young ladies and seemed to be sort of just burdened, burdened down with a with a lot. And she was coming and she was here, but just sort of burdened. And and uh, often I'd say, "Hey, how you doing? Hi, you know, just hi." And I thought, "Well, I'm not. I'm a. I'm not a cool dude. Maybe that's why." But uh, but I also remember my girls. We had four girls. I was their I was their daddy until they got 13. How many know what I'm talking about? And then they just went to a different universe. <laughs> I was no longer cool. I was only allowed to be the chauffeur while she and her friends rode in the back of the van, and uh, dropped them off at the football. Uh, thing, give her lots of money. She could walk around and then take them out to eat and pay the bill. How many know you've been there, done that? You know what I'm saying? And uh, yeah, I, Sometimes I felt like saying, yes, ma'am, where to, ma'am? You know. Uh, so I understand that whole thing. But listen, all of a sudden I, I noticed uh, the youth group, a lot of the youth kids went down to what we call General Council in Florida this year for Fine Arts. There's a number of them that were there, and uh, just a wonderful group. And I started to watch some things happen. I watched some of these these young men and women come back, and all of a sudden, I saw this this particular person, and uh, and I said hi, and just she smiled, hi, you know. And I saw the change, and I heard there were people that were called to. To missions, you know, because they they were they were away, and you as parents had willingly said, we're gonna let them go and put them under the care of our youth pastor, Pastor Bobby, and his very capable, very capable team. And the touch of the Lord was there, and they experienced God for themselves, and God did a work in people's lives. How many hear what I'm saying? Yes, it's more than just bringing them to church. It's allowing them to be exposed to experience God for themselves. And we have this privilege of serving the Lord. And when we see that, we say, oh, it's worth it. It's all worthwhile. The third thing, a living legacy When we serve the Lord, we build and we leave a living legacy. Joshua twenty-four, thirty-one. Israel served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders who survived Joshua and had known, watch this, all the deeds of the Lord which he had done for Israel. And then Proverbs 13 says this, a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. Judges 2.10, however, says, and there was another generation arose after them that did not know the Lord nor even the work which he had done for Israel. Friends, we can build a legacy That's a living legacy for our children and our family to walk into. Could you say praise God? Now listen, I understand there's no guarantees. But I also understand as long as our children are breathing and living, God's not finished working in their life. Can someone say amen? And I claim and believe that the final chapter has not been written for those that are closest to me not for my grandkids, not for a child, he's still at work. My two oldest, one of my my oldest grandsons said, I heard him say many times, Papa, I just want to be just like my dad, just like my dad. The other night he was at our house, I said, oh my goodness, he built like him, he laughs like him, he looks like him, His." Emotions are like him. He's picked up his ideology. I mean, everything about him. My other second oldest grandson, he's never said, I want to be just like my dad, but it's very obvious in his eyes who his hero in life is. How many hear what I'm saying? And I said to my daughter, I said, look at them. They're like two peas in the pod. They move the same. They're throwing the ball back. They're they're walking. They're laughing. They're everything. They're built alike. They're two peas in a pod. They want to be like their dad, one of the one of the young couples in the church, and from time to time we'll uh, Chris and I'll um, go out and get a cup of coffee dessert or a, a meal, or sometimes we have uh, young couples to our house because we like young couples, and I don't buy into the thing that just because you you aren't a college grad that you that you can't be friends because I happen to believe if a person wants to have friends show himself friendly and if you like people they're going to like you back. Is there an amen in the house? Yes. That's the key to being in community, serving the Lord and liking the people that you see being around them. So I'll never forget we're talking just about the relationship with the Lord and church are a terrific couple and I'll never forget she said these words to me she said I said something she said well you can count on me you can count on us because she said after all I am my father's daughter they inherit the values that we have and we pray for them my mom and dad what I remember about my mom and dad And I was probably as red-blooded as a young man could be, red-blooded and just... But what I remember about my mom and dad, my mom was very bold in the Lord, not in in the Turner-Burn way, but I remember she witnessed to our neighbors and prayed for them, and Chet and Bonnie came to the Lord brought their kids to church. I remember out in the backyard... There was no air conditioning back then. If there was, we certainly couldn't afford it. And we're playing in the apple tree in the backyard, and, I, and my mom, every, every afternoon, she'd go up, and the window was open. I think she might have opened it a little extra wide. I don't know. But I could hear her praying, and she'd call us by name. She'd call my dad by name. She'd call the neighbors by name we're fooling around, we're 13, 14, 15 years old before I got my driver's license. I'm going to tell you that had an indelible impact upon my soul because she was sincere, but she was also faithful. I remember my my dad, I remember him preaching, but one of the things I remember as a kid, part of it was sort of irreverent, but the other was just this, oh, this deep appreciation he, wore, he always wore a suit and a tie back then. But I can remember him in altar services. There were times when he would be at the altar, and he was kneeling. And all I can remember, I was thinking, man, his rear end is really big, right? <laughs> and it wasn't that it, To a kid, you know, you're 12 years old, like, holy mackerel. But I remember the soles of his shoes, and that he was praying. He was praying. And he served the Lord with faithfulness. He served the Lord with faithfulness. I never heard him say, well, they don't pay me to do that. I never heard that. I saw him preach. We were in the state of Maine and there was no salary, no salary to speak of. And he would do carpenter work. He would cut timber. He'd work in the potato fields. My mom would work alongside of him. And I remember piling in the car on Sunday afternoon. My mom would take her accordion, just hear me out for a moment. And we'd go to some town. My dad had believed the Lord that a church would be planted there. And she'd play that accordion. And he'd find a room and he'd preach the gospel. Do You know that four churches were planted in four years. They're still in existence. And then we'd come back Sunday night And then we do church all over again. You say, oh, you run your kids off. No, I never felt, I just felt it was great. God was moving. God was blessing. And it did something in my life. Joshua said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And in my family, there are now six generations under the umbrella of God's grace. Can someone say praise God? Praise the Lord, yes. I want you to know that you and I can start our own line, it's the privilege of serving the Lord that makes all the difference in the world. God has no grandchildren, but what God has is for you, is for me, and I thank the Lord for it. Praise his name. I'm going to have the band come if they would at this time. God bless them. Yes. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Would you bow your heads with me as they come? So this morning, first of all, I uh, I felt in the first service and I feel in this service that I want to pray for God's grace, that, first of all, to be poured in if there's fractured relationships in your family. Fractured relationships in your family. If you bow your heads, how many this morning you say, "I need God's grace in my life and in my family"? Would you just raise your hand with mine? Yes, yes. Lord, we receive your grace. Would you minister? Would you pour in your wine and your oil, the kind that restores our strength? Lord, would you help us to be faithful in our service to you, Lord? thank you for the privilege we thank you for the joy Lord. we bless you for it I ask Lord now for healing in families I pray Lord that you would give some signs that the Lord is at work thank you God Father I thank you for so many faithful people who are sincere and faithful they have set the direction of their life and they're faithfully serving you we thank you what you're doing in and through us, for the great inheritance that we have in Jesus Christ. The second thing I want to ask today, if you're here and you want to say, I am going to serve the Lord, I want to make him my Lord and Savior today, would you lift your hand wherever you are, Just you want to receive God's grace in your life, would you just lift your hand high, no one's looking around, you say, that that's, that's I'm making that choice today. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. I'm going to have the prayer teams that you come at this time. Would you stand with me this morning? Let's look to the Lord. And would you lift your hands with mine as Josh is going to lead us in a song. And the prayer teams come. If you want prayer this morning, there are people here who will pray with you. They'll pray for you. They're faithful. Uh, They serve the Lord. And they'll come alongside of you. Uh, For whatever it is that you say, Lord, I need you, a touch in my life this morning. Praise God. Praise his name.